You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Tuesday, July the 27th of 2021. Cardinal baseball resumes today. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today and every day that you tune in. Before we get into anything on today's show, today's show is sponsored by the MLB Trade Deadline. You heard that right, because the MLB Trade Deadline is approaching and the Locked On MLB YouTube channel will be streaming the Hot Stove Live. Two hours of MLB trade analysis from our Locked On lineup of local experts. Subscribe to Locked On MLB or subscribe to Locked On MLB on YouTube and tune in this Friday, July 30th, beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern. So at 2 o'clock on Friday, head over to Locked On MLB YouTube and stream the live show. 2 o'clock Central for that Locked On MLB on YouTube. If by some weird happenstance, the Cardinals happen to make a trade. I will most certainly be on there. So again, subscribe to the Locked on MLB YouTube channel. Kind of a quiet Monday in the news of Cardinal Nation, but we've got two games against the second place Cleveland Indians coming up today and tomorrow. The Cleveland Indians currently sit at 49 and 48, eight and a half back of the first place Chicago Cubs. Or are they the Cleveland Guardians? I'm not quite sure. I think they're still the Indians until season's end, but nevertheless, the Cleveland baseball team, the team from Cleveland, um, you know, CBT, kind of like Washington is the WFT, the baseball team from Cleveland is going to be playing the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, whatever name you want to use for now, I suppose is fine. I'll get into that just a little bit uh, on today's show, but on today's show, we'll be talking a little bit about some 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 trade news and rumors and for my frustrations with the Cardinals that it's not making a move, but also my understanding. Understanding not that I'm okay with it, but understanding of I, I understand where their logic is at. I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. And then obviously I'll be previewing this week's showdown with the Cleveland Indians slash Guardians. Um, so before I get into that, be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And be sure to email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. But, but before, before I get into the trade stuff, I tweeted something, something out. Because if you didn't see it, Javier Baez went berserk last night. Chicago Cubs walked off the Cincinnati Reds. Javier Baez was facing Amir Garrett. There is past beef there. There have been bench-clearing brawls there. So Baez hits a pop fly to center field that gets over the center fielder's head somehow. They must have been playing in. And as soon as he hits it, he knows it's a walk-off, which is fine. I don't mind celebrating a walk-off. So here's here's what I tweeted out last night. I got a little bit of slack for that. I just want to... I don't, I don't like to respond to every little troll on Twitter, but I just want to give you guys my thoughts. Uh, might be a minority here, but that Baez celebration was ridiculous. Celebrate a walk-off all you want, but that pop-up to the warning track... Uh, I know there was beef there, but my goodness, that was a lot. I got called um, uh, a policeman trying to police celebrations. But a bunch of those. If you want to see the responses, the quote tweets, go to my Twitter. I'm not going to share all of them right now, but here, here's my thing. I don't mind celebrations. I didn't mind when Fernando Tatis slipped his bat 20 feet in the air against the Cardinals in the 2020 wildcard game, too. I didn't mind. I don't care. If you had a home run, pimp it all you want. I didn't have a problem with... with don't have a problem with, with pimping a home run or celebrating like that. I have a problem, and Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers so eloquently put it, and he put it in a way that I couldn't put it on my original tweet. 
that Bias came after Garrett as soon as he started, as soon as he hit the ball, yelling at Garrett and yada yada, and then stirring the pot, sweeping the broom, something with his bat. I, I just thought that was a, a ridiculous a lot, and I just wanted to clear up the fact that I had nothing, I, I have no problems with celebrating your accomplishments in any way you see fit. I have a problem when you attack somebody else's failures like that. Um, and again, if, if that makes me uh, uh, too old school for anybody, I'm sorry. I, like I said, pimp a home run all you want. Pimp a, a double all you want. Celebrate all you want. Go wild on second base when you hit a, a game-winning double or something. Whatever. There, there's no need to attack and yell at Amir Garrett. And people, somebody said, same, same type of energy Garrett would have brought if the roles were reversed. You're probably right. Probably wouldn't have been happy at Garrett there either um, if he would have started yelling and pointing at Baez and doing all that stuff. But again, maybe that is a little old school, but at the end of the day, I just don't don't see the need to instigate by coming at another player on, on either side if anybody would have done it. But so I just want to clear that up. So again, if you want to see the responses and do what you need to do, go to my Twitter at LJ Fastball. But go and get into the trade deadline stuff. Trade deadline is Friday at uh, 4 o'clock Eastern, so 3 o'clock Central. There have been some names floated around the last couple of days. The Cubs uh, traded Andrew Chafin, left-handed bullpen piece, to Oakland yesterday. So that kind of continues their fire sale. I don't think it's too long before Bryant um, is gone. However, if it were me, and I agree with host of Locked on Cubs, Joe Kilgon here, if it's me, I'm keeping Bryant, I'm keeping Rizzo, I'm trading Baez. I really would. I would. I would trade Baez, and it has nothing to do with last night. I just think Bryant and Rizzo, Bryant especially, gives you more value because of the numerous positions he can play. But again, I don't think it's too long before any of them are gone. So names have been floated around a little bit. Um, Jeff Passan tweeting this morning uh, that the Rays are talking about Max Scherzer, maybe even Chris Bryant. Padres might be going after Joey Gallo, and I saw a tweet that the. Um, the um, Brewers have checked in on Trevor Story. They've checked in on Josh Donaldson. Here's my frustration. The Cardinals sit eight games out of first place. I'm sorry, seven games out of first place. 50-50. and 50. I was right the first time. Eight games out of first place, seven games out of the wild card to start play on Tuesday. I, I don't know why they aren't more aggressive. The Brewers are 58 and 42, and possibly talking about acquiring Josh Donaldson or Trevor Story. They were in second or first place, or close to first place, when they acquired Willie Adamas, and that catapulted this team. The Padres are well in a playoff position and the wild card position. They they their closest competitor, Cincinnati. They're six games ahead of them, and yet the Padres made a move. So I get that the Cardinals are getting Michaelis and Flaherty back. Michaelis goes on his rehab start tonight. I'll talk about that as well. I get that. Those are two pieces that you're gaining. But that is not necessarily the same as a trade. It's, it's I, Again, I understand that logic too, but my frustrating thing is that why don't the Cardinals go get somebody? I'm not saying it has to be a Trevor Story. It doesn't have to be a Trey Turner or Max Scherzer. These, a, the, the, these tier A guys. I would love it to be a tier A guy. But for me, the prices on those guys are high. They're really high. Um, and, and it, maybe it's a Herman Marquez. Maybe it's a John Gray. Maybe it's one of those kind of guys that you don't have to give up the world for. 
but the problem is is that these these extra years of control that guys like Trey Turner and and Jose Ramirez have on their contract that that, that might be a little bit more suitable to the Cardinal lineup. Because I'll be honest with you, I think that Trevor Story would be a nice nice fit. Obviously, All Star shortstop, but I think that Trey Turner is a better fit for this team. I mean, Trey Turner is a fit pretty much anywhere, but and you get him for an extra year of control, but that's going to cost more. So that extra year of control is going to cost more. Like I, like I started to make the point before I talked about Trey Turner, that extra year of control is going to cost a lot more. And like I talked about yesterday, unless it, it's, <laughs> it would have to be an absolute no-brainer highway robbery, even better or worse, depending on how, which way you're looking at it, way better or worse deal than Nolan Arenado for me to even consider trading Libertor, Gorman, or Herrera. I... Gorman, has he slowed down a little bit? Yes, but he's also sped right back up. He got out to a slow start at AAA, and then he sped right back up in the um, after a little bit, little bit going. So in AAA this year, 22 games, he is he's slugging 422. His on base at 302 is a little bit low, hitting 256. Get it a little low. 20 strikeouts in those 22 games, so that that's not terrible. And he's got four home runs, driven in 18, according to MLB.com. Matthew Libertor at the AAA level, struggling a little bit more. Four and five, four eight two ERA, a WHIP of one thirty. Opponents hitting two sixty seven off of him. Um, giving up ten home runs in sixty one and two thirds of an inning. So long ball has been the problem. But again, his stuff is dynamic, and I'm not worried about his numbers at all. Ivan Herrera continues to produce at the AA level in sixty two games. Um, he, his, his average is not good, 210, I get that. But with that 210 average comes a 347 on base, a slugging of 320. So when I said that he continues to produce, I'll be honest with you, I was looking at 2019 numbers. So Herrera also struggling. But I'll talk with uh, Arm Layton. He's not too worried about any of these guys despite their struggles. So point being, who would I give up in a trade? I, I don't know if I'm giving up any of those three unless it's for something really fantastic. Like, if it's a Trey Turner plus Max Scherzer kind of mega deal, then I'll probably give up one of those three guys in addition to some Major League pieces. Absolutely. But also, what is so frustrating, like I mentioned, the Cardinals are not going to mortgage their future. And like I said before, before I end this point, I understand that logic. Because I'm not going to give up any three of those guys for just Max Scherzer. Because Max Scherzer... um, does he draw a top 10, a top 5 prospect in your system? 100% he does. Hall of Fame pitcher, one of the best in the game. If, if I'm the Washington Nationals, I'm asking for nothing but top 5 picks. Or top 5 um, prospects. So I don't fault Scherzer's camp or, or the Nationals at all. But as the Cardinals, you know, unless you can find a way to, to maybe get an extension on Scherzer, then, then maybe I'll give up a, a Zach Thompson. Maybe I'll give up an Angel Rodon for, for Scherzer if you can get an extension done before the trade. Maybe. But again, th- th- this Cardinal team, you know, everybody's asking, who's going to buy? Who's going to sell? Who's going to... Who, yeah, who's going to buy? Who's going to sell? Cardinals aren't going to do either one. They're going to sit and stand pat, and it's extremely, extremely frustrating. To, to sit here and think these playoff teams like the, the, the Dodgers, the Padres, are making moves. The, the Rays acquired Nelson Cruz. Again, Nelson Cruz's don't grow on trees, but that these playoff teams are making improvements and the Cardinals aren't. I just think it's kind of frustrating, and hopefully 
I mean, they're they're putting an awful lot of 2022 because if they don't win in 2022 with, with the rookies they call up and with, with the teams that they put together on the field, then that's, that's going to be a real tough sell to say that, oh, what we did worked, right? But nevertheless, that, that's kind of the trade talk. Rumors are going to be flying. I, I just hope the Cardinals... I'm still holding on hope that the Cardinals do something, but it it is not looking likely. So, enough of that. Let's go ahead and get into baseball today. Cleveland Indians and St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis traveling to Cleveland at 6-10 today and 12-10 tomorrow. Um, so before uh, before I do that, I'm going to close out this segment by telling you about the wonderful people at rockauto.com. They're a family business. Who doesn't love a good family business? They've been serving uh, auto parts customers like yourself for over 20 years. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, go to rockauto.com. They make it easy for you to find the parts that you need at the great price. You can save time and money by using rockauto.com. Their prices are low for every single customer. They have everything you could possibly need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Just go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com St. Louis Cardinals travel to Cleveland today as Adam Wainwright takes the hill against Cal Quantrill. And uh, this will be the last time we see the, the Indians uh, as as the Cardinals. Last time the Cardinals see the actual Indians of the 2021 season. And the last time they actually see the Card- the Indians, period, as they're changing their name to Guardians. No matter how you feel about why they changed it, about was it disrespectful to, to the Native Americans, was it paying homage, which way was it, which, however you feel about it, I think we can all agree that they could have gone a lot better. They could also could have gone a lot worse than the Guardians. And I would have honestly liked to see, and again, I'm not from Cleveland, so that this, you know, this might not be the actual case. I would have really liked to see a um, a complete brand re- redesign, re- re- rethink, um, because I think that there's going to be, it's going to feel too similar because the, the print that they've laid out and the jerseys that they've already laid out um, have really, they just feel like too similar, um, but but nevertheless, I think they could have gone a lot better or a lot worse than the Guardians. Is what it is. How you feel about it is up to you. I suppose I, I really have no one way or the other about it. I understand that that maybe some mascots or, or some Native American mascots do pay homage, or they have tried to in some way. That apparently people in Cleveland decided the baseball team named it this one didn't, so they decided to change it. Is what it is. Um, you know, like I said, no matter what, how you feel about it, I think we can all agree that they could have gone better than the Guardians. So let's let's take a look at the numbers and get into this pitching matchup tonight. I wonder what Adam Wainwright throws. Oh, that's right. He throws an incredible curveball. He throws it 35% of the time, according to Baseball Savant, most of any other of his pitches, and he throws it that much for good reason. In 638 times throwing it, 300 to the righties, 338 times to the lefties. It is getting hit a buck 89. People are slugging just 335 against it. Seven home runs against the curveball, but again, with when you throw it so much, it's probably going to get hit fair, um, hit, hit out of here every once in a while. But again, that 189 batting average against is incredible. 
Another pitch that I don't think gets talked about nearly as enough, and you know for good reason, it's not his curveball, is his sinker that he throws a 25% of the time, mostly to right-handed batters. 321 times to righties, 141 to lefties. And that gets it just a buck 90 of the time. Uh, people slug just 257 off of it. His other three pitches are really hit or miss. He throws a four-seamer sometimes. That gets clobbered for 477 slugging. His cutter gets clobbered for 500 slugging. And his changeup gets clobbered for 545 slugging. All these averages against are above 270. So the curveball sinker action is really what, well, when those two pitches are on, that is when Adam Wainwright is on. Is when he can throw the curveball and sinkers for strike and also expand out of the zone. And every once in a while, get lucky and get out of there with with, with the with the good sinker or, or with the good cutter. Excuse me. One thing that I think is interesting is that the vertical movement of, of the curveball has actually increased. In 2017, the vertical movement was four and a half inches, um, and then it continued to go down in 18, 2.2. 2019 was 1.1. 1. 1. 2020 it was 1.9, and now it's back up to 2.6. So. Not quite up to his, you know, earlier days, but you know, since they've been tracking this thing in 2016, it's it's about back up to that to that level. So that curveball, despite him getting older, continues to be sharp and continues to to break well and continues to, to just to just fool people. To be pretty honest with you, and you know, some people say, "Oh, he's got edible stuff." Yada yada yada. Dude gets wins. Dude gets outs. Dude doesn't give up a lot of runs. Uh, looking, you know, just his basic stat line: seven and six on the year, three five six a year, right? Nineteen starts, a WHIP of one point one three and one hundred and eighteen two thirds of an inning. I'll take that any day, especially from a thirty-nine year old right-hander. Most recent start was against the um, Chicago Cubs on July twenty-first. So he's getting an extra day of rest to go into this start today. Uh, three five six ERA seven. Or that was the area lowest. Excuse me. Seven innings, six hits, an earned run, um, a hit batsman, and five punch outs. Doesn't walk many batters. So you are, you are your no-butt winner. Let, let's talk a little bit more about Cal Quantrill. 26-year-old right-hander um, out of Port Hope, Ontario, in Canada. He was the first-round pick of the San Diego Padres back in 2016. And he was acquired um, in the Mike Clevenger deal. Uh, Cleveland traded Mike Clevenger for... Um, and a bunch of other players in, in order to acquire Cal Quantrill. And his numbers aren't, aren't terrible this year. He's three, it's 2-2, two and two, um, 28 games, 10 starts, the 3-8-4 ERA, 72 in a third innings. When you look at his game logs, you wonder how long is this guy going to go, how many innings he's going to give you. Um, his longest innings uh, to date are six, and he's only reached that twice. Uh, based on the, the innings logs, or the games logs, he's only been a starter uh, looks probably since June 15th. He went four innings against Baltimore, three and a third against Detroit, but he's definitely started in the, in the last four starts um, for, for Cleveland in the month of June and once in July. And his most recent start was against the lethal Tampa Bay Rays on July 22nd. He goes six innings, gives up four hits, an earned run, walks three and strikes out two. Strikeout numbers are not all that impressive uh, in 72 and two-thirds of an inning. He's only got 50 punch-outs. His high in an outing is five. Uh, against the Cleveland, against the Oakland Athletics on June the 17th. Other than that, everything is lower than four. He's only hit that four number once or twice. So let, let's take a look at his pitch mix according to Baseball Savant. Sinker, slider, changeup, four seam, and a curveball. What can hit the worst, you might want to know. What are the Cardinals going to be looking for to hit? It's that four seam fastball, believe it or not. Uh, he throws that four seamer 
13.2% uh, of the time, so not a whole lot, but when you get it, pound it, because people have been pounding it all season, hitting to a 310 batting mark and slugging 483 against it. So, so yeah, look, look, look to pound the... Pound, pound, the, pound the heater. He's also given up five doubles on his sinker that gets hit. Uh, 295 batting average against. But his slider and his changeup are both very, very good. Uh, his slider is his best pitch. If The slider is to Cal Quantrill uh, as the curveball is to Adam Wainwright. It just is. So we're going to see a lot of breaking balls tonight in the Cardinal and Indians game. And we'll look for the Cardinals to, to not Quantrill out early. If they can, Quantrill's only given up two earned runs in his last 11 innings pitch, so he's on a bit of a roll right now. And against Oakland and Tampa Bay, those are two formidable lineups that, that he pitched against, so it's not going to be an easy night for the Cardinal offense. One could argue that it never is an easy night for the Cardinal offense. Um, but, but nevertheless, the Cardinals face Cal Quantrill tonight. Tomorrow, it's a day game. We'll talk about that in segment number three. Also talk about the rest of the schedule in segment number three. And uh, a transaction the Cardinals made late last night that was pointed out to me on Twitter, um, so I'll give credit to that as well as kind of say probably what what that means um, in in realistic and uh, in, in, re- in a realistic world. So all that and more, just a little bit more coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Uh, baseball season is in full swing. We are at trade season, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. You can also get the latest news, odds, and info for the Olympics, golf, and when it comes back around NFL, college football, whenever these sports are happening, head over to Bet Online to bet on them. So before the next pitch, head over to betonline.ag or your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And you can get that by entering the promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Gets you 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So stop me if you've heard this before, but the Cardinals' schedule is not a very difficult one moving forward. They play the Cleveland uh, Indians, who, like I said, are um, are sitting in second place in the American League Central at a record, excuse me, at a record of 49 and 48. They're five games back of the wild card position as well. And then after that, they take an off day Thursday, and then they welcome the Minnesota Twins into town, and the Twins have had a just an abysmal season as they sit at 43 at 58, 13 games out of the wild card. And in the American League Central Division, they sit 16 and a half games out as they sit in the cellar there, uh, fifth place. That closes out the month of July. And then the month of August, they walk on the Braves, the Royals, both third and fourth place teams. And they travel to Pittsburgh. They travel to Kansas City. Cardinals don't play a team above 500. And again, th- this might change because the Braves might be at a 500 point by the time they play. But as we stand right now, they play, like I said, the, the Twins, the Braves, the Royals, Pirates, Royals again. So until they play the Milwaukee Brewers later, a um, little bit later on the, the next month on August the 17th, the uh, Cardinals don't play a team above 500. The Cardinals do not play a team above 500, pending the Braves winning. Um, 
until August 17th. So maybe, just maybe the Cardinals can take advantage, but we've said that before. The schedule was easy. We saw the, the easy error schedule in June, and we all know how June went. So schedule looks better, but also isn't that much better. So uh, a transaction that was made last night that was pointed out to me on on Twitter, uh, thanks in part to, to a Twitter follower. Uh, his name is Jeremy, and he, his Twitter handle is... Um, at Jer Biggs um, tweeted it uh, late last night that Cardinals have optioned Johan Oviedo to Memphis, uh, most likely just to maybe bring up a bat for the for the next week or so. The Cardinals are not going to need a fifth starter until the Braves series because they have two off days this week. So probably or, or just to bring up another bullpen piece. I'd like to see them bring up uh, a bench bat, uh, something in the minor leagues. But then again. Maybe a fourth outfielder, but who knows? Probably, probably just you know something for that. I haven't seen a corresponding move uh, to get the roster back up to twenty six yet. But let's go and talk about tonight's game, Cardinals or tomorrow's game. Rather, I talked about tonight's game. KK Kim takes them out tomorrow, so the Cardinals' two best starters are going tomorrow, today, and tomorrow. Or at least the best starters as of late. KK Kim in his last seven games, um, five and one with one eight eight ERA. Um, so he's been pitching to say extremely well would be an understatement, and he is going to face off against Zach Plezak, 26-year-old right-hander out of Crown Point, Indiana, drafted by the Cleveland Indians back in 2016 in the 12th round. He went to Ball State, Indiana native as well. Um, so in 13 starts this year, five and three record, uh, 4.30 ERA, 48 punchouts, and 75 and a third innings. And as you know that I like to do, let's check out the game logs and see how he's doing recently. Most recent start was a decent one against Tampa Bay. Uh, gave up four in runs and went six and two-thirds of an inning. Before that, went six innings against Oakland. So he's just kind of a so-so pitcher this year. He's had his great moments. He had eight shutout innings against the Reds in May, eight sh- uh, innings of two earned runs against the Mariners in May as well, the following start for that. But since that start, uh, he, he has not been very good for the Cleveland Indians. And when when you're looking at you know what are you what are you gonna what are you gonna see from from Zach play Zach I think it's always a fair question and one that I always like to take a look at before series we just did that for Cal Quantrill so let's take a look at now for for Zach play Zach when you look at his baseball savant pages um, peripherals aren't very good a lot of blues percentile rankings but he's got just a four pitch mix fastball slider change curve pretty basic stuff. Throws his fastball a lot, slider change up 25% of the time, give or take, and then the curveball 11%. His slider is his best pitch. 161 against uh, is the batting average there, slugging just 287 against it. His curveball doesn't throw it very often, but it is also very good. The, the righties are going to see a lot of sliders. So I'm looking to see um, what Harrison Bader does against Zach Plezak on Wednesday because we, we've seen Bader get extremely hot, but we, we know what Bader's weaknesses, at least in the past, has been, it's the, it's the right-handed breaking ball. And he's going to see probably a lot of it because of the 281 times that uh, Plezak has thrown it this year, 252 of those times has been to a right-handed batter. He throws his changeup lot to lefties 200 times out of 261. So I'm going to say a good bet that Harrison Bader is going to see some sliders tomorrow. That's just, just, just a bet that I've got going right now. And it's a very good slider in terms of um, for sorry, it's a good slider for for Zach Plezak. So we're seeing a lot of breaking balls this series because we're going to see Adam Wainwright tonight. Kyle Quantrill, like I mentioned, throws a slider a lot of the time for the Cleveland 
Indians tonight. We're also, like I just mentioned, going to see probably a fair amount of sliders from Plezak, although he's probably going to throw the most fastballs out of any of the guys I've already mentioned. And KK Kim is just not all over the place, but he is fastball slider as well. And the slider is good, good, good. 182 is the average against it. He has thrown it 491 times this year, good for 35% of the time. Slugging percentage is the lowest against any of his pitches. 258 is that slugging percentage against that slider. Throws it to lefties and righties. Uh, he was, he, he's been really solid. So we're going to see a lot of breaking balls. And you know what? Because the Cardinals have Kim and Wainwright, because it, it is, it is prediction time. Because the Cardinals have Adam Wainwright and KK Kim going, they're two aces right now as we stand. I'm betting that the Cardinals get the job done, and I'm betting that the Cardinals pull off a two-game sweep against the Cleveland Indians on the road this week. Not going to be easy. Uh, but this Cleveland Indian team not throwing out two exceptional starters. Offense is just okay for the uh, for, for the Indians. I'm saying the Cardinals pull out a big-time uh, two-game sweep and go into the, the next series against Minnesota with some momentum. And who knows, maybe the two-game sweep will propel the Cardinals and maybe the Reds lose the next two. We'll propel the Cardinals front office to, to make a few moves. Crazier things have indeed happened. So, before I let you go, I already talked about the MLB um, trade show. Also, want to let you know about the Locked On NBA Draft Show. As NBA Draft Goat Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Carolus will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bargett, local expert analysis on each and every pick. So be sure to follow Locked On NBA on the YouTube channel and follow their live coverage on July 29th. That is Thursday at 6 o'clock Central. Be sure to follow this podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Two more things before I let you go. Be sure to look out for a uh, Spotify Green Room sometime on Thursday. And be sure to come back here tomorrow for a game recap and more trade deadline talk on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Cardinals. Until I talk to you tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.